Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. This retreat uh, leads into that one. This retreat, the theme of this retreat is a calm mind and the theme of our spring retreat is profound contentment and profound contentment is the prerequisite for developing a calm and peaceful mind. And that's what we're going to look at uh, this weekend. What, what that really means. Um, referencing what the Buddha taught. How, what the, the Buddha taught very specific suttas. Uh, that relate to a calm and peaceful mind. And that's what we're going to look at this weekend. Um, we're not going to uh, get into any suttas on dependent origination or Four Noble Truths because we all uh, know what that means and we understand that everything that the Buddha taught and that we teach is in that uh, context of dependent origination and Four Noble Truths. And a calm mind is developed from a profound understanding of those Four Truths. Before we get going... Um, it's always a good idea to go back to what we're, what we're doing here and why. And this is our purpose statement. Becoming Buddha Cross River Meditation Center preserves and presents a human Buddhist Dhamma, initially recorded as the second book of the Pali Canon, the Sutta Pitaka. Our practice is, is informed from over 300 curated suttas restored by me to their original intent and practical focus. Our practice is empty of imagined insight, magical thinking, mystical grasping after, and unfounded speculation. Our teachers and students remain focused on these suttas to develop a direct, mindful experience of establishing a well-concentrated, supple, and conflict-free conflict mind, mind through the Eightfold Path. It is the Eightfold Path that Siddhartha Gautama taught over the last 45 years of his life with the sole purpose of abandoning... <clears throat> self-inflicted stress and suffering through ending ignorance of Four Noble Truths. And our guidelines, um, as we're gathered as a Sangha, uh, we are a true refuge from the chaos in the world and ideological contradictions found in, uh, in foundational confusion prevalent in modern Buddhism by common agreement. And I want to say that's not a knock on modern Buddhism or anything that um, New Age spiritual thought, uh, any type of religion... It's just that we, we remain focused on, on a practical application of what the human Buddha taught. Our practice is framed by the Eightfold Path, which establishes a skillful balance of jhana meditation, sutta study, and sangha participation, and a daily individual dhamma practice. When gathered for, gathered for, dhamma, <clears throat> when gathered for dhamma classes, we refer only to the Buddha's dhamma as restored by John and presented by our teachers here, and in that way, while we're gathered uh, here, we remain focused. We don't get into other things, and that's why we do this. Uh, there's plenty of other times in our lives to get into other interests and things that uh, we might feel is important. When gathered as a Sangha, we accept responsibility for maintaining the gentle integrity of our Sangha. When gathered as a Sangha, we are free of grasping after magical, mystical, and speculative concepts and fabricated experiences. When gathered as a Sangha, we practice wise restraint. Questions of confusion about verbiage or arising from <clears throat> comparisons to other modern Buddhist practices, modern Buddhist teachers, 
or what they are teaching are not part of our Dhamma classes or Sangha discussions and should be addressed directly to our teachers outside of Dhamma classes. It's easy to fall into, um, that's probably not the right way to, to even call it, not fall into, but, but to feel that it's reasonable to discuss other things that might have the Buddhist label or even a, uh, a altruistic or compassionate label and introduce it as part of our practice here. And uh, the reason why we don't do that, again, is to remain focused on what the Buddha taught as, uh, as the foundation for developing all these other things that we think we should attach to our Dhamma practice, such as uh, you know, compassion or uh, engagement in, in worldly affairs. We first establish an awakening, awakened mind, and then we are better able to, to meet the world as it, as it, uh, as it comes to us. Individual class suttas are, are linked in our newsletter uh, for home study prior to class. So all, every, every newsletter you get has um, that class sutta in it. And uh, you all know that the, the, the suttas that we'll be teaching this, during this uh, retreat are also uh, linked online. Everybody knows that? Yep. Anybody have any trouble finding it? Okay, and I really do suggest that... Um, you take the time to read the sutta uh, before class. So again, welcome to our retreat. Uh, a word about that, a word about our retreats and why we run them the way we run them. Uh, those of you that have not been on our retreats might be expecting uh, a lot of silence, uh, maybe just a lot of meditation and a lot of silence. We don't do that on our retreats. Um, we don't, we don't take a retreat from the Dhamma. Uh, a retreat, the way we run a retreat, is a retreat from our worldly entanglements, but a deep immersion in the Buddhist Dhamma. In other words, the point of the Dhamma is to actually experience the Dhamma. And the only way to do that is to use the framework of the Eightfold Path to frame our behavior during our retreat. So I know that we're not on a residential retreat like we will be in a couple months, but as best as you can, when you're outside of this room and you're back into the world and with your family and friends, try to maintain the framework of the Eightfold Path <clears throat> as best as you can. Try to be as quiet as you can this weekend. Again, when you leave here, try to be quiet. Try not to get into things that, uh, that are part of your daily routine. Be mindful of right speech, right action, and right livelihood, particularly right speech. Because you'll find that it is in what you're saying to others and what you're saying to yourself that the present level of mindfulness will, will become apparent. And so when you find yourself engaged in wrong speech, and I'll just, I'll just review what that is in just a moment, remember that you're on retreat. And you're on retreat, you're, you're expected to practice wise restraint. And again, this is the reason why we use re, re, or practice... Uh, use retreats the way we use them. So again, it's a direct engagement with the Dhamma. And it, the only way to do that is to be mindful of our speech, our action, and our livelihood while we're on retreat. When we're on a residential retreat, one of the things that we are very mindful of is right speech. And that we're, what we're saying to each other is part of our Dhamma practice. It's reflected in Dhamma practice. It's much easier to do when we're up at Juan Dharma Center in seclusion because we're only interacting with each other and staff that are committed to, to our retreat. Do the best you can. 
make this as auspicious of time as it can be. Because by the end of this retreat, you're going to have a much deeper understanding of what the Buddha teaches as a calm and peaceful mind, the quality of mind of an awakened human being. Um, so I'm going to teach the first part of our first session, and then Ram is going to teach uh, tonight's sutta, and all of our teachers are going to teach throughout, the, throughout our retreat. Um, again, just getting back to right speech. Right, right speech is abstaining from lying, abstaining from divisive speech, abstaining from abusive speech, abstaining from gossip, and abstaining from idle chatter. It's that last that is pretty subtle to, to uh, catch at times. Uh, but I would ask you to be mindful of your idle chatter this weekend, whether you're here in the Sangha or when you're outside. Uh, and that doesn't mean to, uh, if you find yourself engaged in idle chatter, to, be, to judge yourself harshly, beat yourself up. Simply recognize it, take a breath, unite your mind and your body, practice wise restraint and refined mindfulness, and recognize that you are on retreat this weekend. This is your time to develop the Dhamma to a much deeper level. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to touch on noble silence. I'll do that in April. So I just want to start with this um, this very short poem from the Terragatha. Uh, again, I there's a, I think later on in the year I'm going to present a series of classes on the Terragatha and Terragatha. The uh, these are poems from the um, the original monks and nuns, and they're, they're just beautiful poems. And this one, uh, I, I think you'll see, it's just a perfect start to this uh, to our retreat. Mahakatita, awake and calm. My mind is calm, restrained. I counsel others with ease. Hurtful qualities fall away as a leaf from a tree with a gentle breeze. That's a good start for the retreat, isn't it? Okay, Ram. It's up to you. Give us just a moment. Let us crawl over there. The Vatupalama Sutta of Stain and Pure Cloth. Thus I have heard. On one occasion, the Buddha was at Savadi in Jeda's Grove, Anatta Pindika's monastery. He addressed those gathered Friends, suppose an unskilled person dyed a dirty cloth. Whether the cloth was blue, yellow, red, or pink, it would take the dye poorly, and the color would be impure. Why would the color be impure? Because the cloth was not clean. So too, when the mind is defiled, stress and disappointment should be expected. So it's, it's the state of our mind that sets us up for stress and disappointment. The Buddha's worth. Now, friends, 
Suppose a skilled person dyed a clean and bright cloth. Whether the cloth was blue, yellow, red, or pink, it would take the dye as intended, and the color would be pure. Why would the color be pure? Because the cloth is clean. So too, when the mind is not defiled, freedom from greed, aversion, delusion should be expected. A calm and peaceful mind will prevail. Friends, listen closely as I will teach you the defilements of the mind. Greed, ill will, anger, denigration, domineering, envy, jealousy, hypocrisy, fraud, obstinance, conceit, prejudice, arrogance, vanity, and negligence. So these are all versions of the three defilements, greed, aversion, and deluded thinking. We find them all the time in our minds. We see them in others. And those are the things that will keep us back from attaining that calm mind. Friends, the wise Dhamma practitioner knows these qualities as defilements of the mind. Knowing this, the wise Dhamma practitioner abandons them. When these defilements have been completely de abandoned, the wise Dhamma practitioner knows that these defilements have been abandoned. The way we abandon those defilements is precisely through the Eightfold Path. The wise Dhamma practitioner, having abandoned these defilements directly, develops unwavering confidence in me. They know the teacher as accomplished and fully enlightened. They know the teacher is endowed with clear vision and virtuous conduct. They know the teacher's knowledge is sublime and complete. <laughs> Sorry, they know the teacher's knowledge is a sublime and complete understanding of reality and of fabricated realms. A teacher of all they know the teacher is uncomfortable among those who can be taught. So, the Buddha puts out the first of the three um, Um, refuges the refuge in the teacher refuge in the Buddha
to set this on the way to our practice. And he just states a fact here. The practice that I now am teaching you is something that I have followed and that has brought me to awakening. That's all he's stating. And he holds himself up as an example of what is possible for us. The wise Dharma practitioner, having abandoned these defilements directly, develops unwavering confidence in my Dharma. They know my Dharma is well taught, realizable here and now. They know my Dharma is accessible, knowable, and brings immediate results, encouraging all to come and see for themselves. The finest quality of the Dharma is that it's practicable, that it brings results, and that you can have confidence in it. But you have to come and try it. This is not something you can study. This is something to be practiced. The Buddha's words. The wise Dharma practitioner, having abandoned these defilements directly, develops unwavering confidence in the Sangha. They know those of the teacher's Sangha have entered the skillful, straight, proper, and true path. That is to say, this wise Dharma practitioner knows the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. which is why we gather here as a Sangha in retreat. This Sangha is worthy of gifts, hospitality, and respect. This Sangha's gift to the world is incomparable. As we deepen our practice, we become an example, not shouting it out on, on the street corners, but just going through the world, engaging in our with our families, with our acquaintances, with the people that we work with. And practicing diligently, we become a gift to the world. 
the Buddhist words. The wise Dharma practitioner, having abandoned these defilements directly, even in part, knows they have developed unwavering confidence in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. They gain enthusiasm for the goal, for the Dharma. There is gladness with connection to the Dharma. For me, the, the relief to have found something that actually works is just, um, uh, that's a gift. <clears throat> the Buddhist words. Gladdened, joy is born. Joy is in mind, their body grows tranquil. From a tranquil body, there is happiness. For the mind of one who is happy, concentration increases. Just as a stained and dirty cloth is cleaned with pure water, just as gold is purified with the heat of a furnace, a wise Dharma practitioner, established in wisdom, virtue, and concentration, can eat the most delicious alm food and will not lose their way. So this purification that we engage in is the Eightfold Path, the practical application of the Four Noble Truths. The Buddha's words. The wise Dharma practitioner abides with a mind permeated, permeated with loving kindness and compassion, sympathetic joy, and with equanimity for the entire universe their mind boundless and free of hostility and ill will. The wise practitioner understands the three marks of existence and the path of liberation. When the wise Dharma practitioner understands this way, their mind is liberated from the fetter of sensual desire and of becoming. And they are liberated from ignorance. Ignorance of Four Noble Truths. Liberated, there is the knowledge. I am liberated. Giving birth to ignorance has ended, the pure life has been lived, the task is complete, I have overcome the world. This wise Dharma practitioner is known as one who has bathed their inner being. And this is where it gets interesting. Because this expression 
bathe their inner being or inner bathing is a bit unusual for the Buddha. And the next few sentences show us what's happening there. And these are the words of Anand. At this time, the Brahman, Sundarika, was seated near the Buddha. So here's a Brahman. He's a, either a high caste, um, person, or he may even be a priest. Um, they're generally recognizable by their, their bearing, um, their clothing, um, they'll wear a, a, a sacred thread across one shoulder. Um, and this one came to see the Buddha. Because the Buddha is in, in Savadi, um, most likely at a rains retreat. Um, and and Brahmins come in, in a couple of flavors. Um, some of them are just, you know, the village priest. Um, some of them are um, pundits, um, they're learned men. Um, they would come to the Buddha at times to debate him, to you know, show their, their superior knowledge. Um, and the Buddha in general had very little uh, patience with those guys. Um, others may have come to him for just to, to pay homage to a, a well-known teacher. Um, but this Sundarika parked himself in the front row. And there was something going on with him. And we see later in, in, in the sutta what, what, um, what his state of mind was. Uh, and he wasn't there to debate. He, uh, he had something on his mind. Um, and the Buddha could see that. You know, somebody like, like Siddhartha Gautama, who has you know, given up all his fabricated um, identities, can, can look at somebody and there's nothing in the way. He can, he can see what's going on. So the Buddhist throws out this line, bathe their inner being. And one of the things that is um, important in Brahmanism is um, maintaining your purity. And you do that by taking ritual baths in the river whenever you can. Whenever you, you think they're uh, 
you've been defiled. Um, so, this line, bathing their inner being, must have um, must have shook him. And my feeling is that 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 line was bait. The Buddha wanted to call him out. <clears throat> so Sundarika took the bait, and he asked, "Does Master Gotama bathe?" in the Bahuka River. And the Buddha responds, what is the Bahuka River? What can the Bahuka River do? So he's already challenging his, his notion that you can attain some kind of um, purity that you can get rid of your defilements in um, bathing in a river. Master, it is true that many people believe that the Bahuka River can purify and bestow merit. Many people use the river to wash away their evil deeds. So he's repeating his belief, but he knows he's, he's on shaky ground here already. Because he has just heard the Buddha speak about defilements as part of our inner process, and that those defilements of the mind are resolved in the mind. They're not resolved in the river. The Buddha responds, whether the Bahuka or the Adihaka, the Gaya, the Sundarika, the Payaga, or the Sarasati, the fool bathes in many rivers, but will never find purification for their unskillful deeds. What power do these rivers possess? They can never purify the evildoer. Those who have purified themselves should be celebrated. They do much good in the world. And he's speaking of his bhikkhus, he's speaking of those who have truly purified themselves. Always wise, virtuous, and well concentrated, it is here, the Eightfold Path, that you should bathe. If you wish to be a true refuge for all beings, it is here that you should bathe. Brahman Sundarika, tell no lies, harm no other beings, take what is not offered to you, 
following your belief. What could a river do for you? Any well contains water. So he's pointing him to the virtuous factors already of the Eightfold Path. If you break those, what can a river do for you? If you harm other beings, if you take what is not offered to you, if you tell lies following your belief, what could a river do for you? Any well contains water. If you want to bathe yourself, go to a well. If you want to purify yourself, follow my teachings. And part of telling lies is your beliefs, because they can be truly lies you tell to yourself. Hearing the great teacher's words, Brahman Sundarika declared, Magnificent Master Gautama, you have made your Dharma clear in many ways. You have righted what was overturned. You have shown what is hidden by my ignorance. You have shown the way to one who was lost. You are holding a lamp in the darkness for those with eyes to see. <clears throat> I take refuge in Master Gotama, in your Dharma and your Sangha. Please bestow the going forth and develop your... Please bestow the going forth and... Let me develop your path. The Brahman Sundarika received the going forth. So it's the acceptance in the original Sangha. And quickly realized for himself the culmination of the path. And he understood that birth has ended. The well-integrated life has been lived. There is nothing more for this world. Sundarika was now an Arahant. <clears throat> this is a wonderful teaching to see the Buddha turn someone, someone and show him the, the show him the ignorance that was in his heart, in his mind, and point him the way. Because he had, the Buddha had seen that he, he was somebody with just a little dust in his eyes. And we can still go by these words. This example of someone who 
who went to the Buddha with a willingness to be taught. And it didn't take him very long to practice the path to its culmination. It's, it's encouraging. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. So, Jen, hi everybody. Hi, hey, Jen. Hey, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I love this sutta. I love the metaphor of the cloth. Um, if the cloth is the mind, then the dye is phenomena and as we move through the world phenomena comes comes into our mind and arises and passes away if our mind is calm and at peace and clear then we see the phenomena clearly mm -hmm. and if our mind is is clinging and craving and and stressed then we don't see the phenomenon clearly. We get muddled and stained. And that adds to our stress. So, uh, yeah. So, that is just crystal clear. Um, and then also, the opportunity to purify the mind when we recognize that clinging or craving is present, we have only to practice jhana, calm the body and calm the mind in order to begin to see things clearly again. Great start, Ram, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. That girl knows the Dhamma. Yeah, that girl knows the Dhamma. <laughs> Ram, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think the Brahmin understood that his rites and rituals weren't bringing him any relief from the defilements? And that's why he was so open and quick to take yeah. to the Buddha's words? He, he was already, he was having was having serious issues with, with his with his beliefs already. Otherwise he wouldn't be there. And, and the Buddha clearly recognizes that there, there is something going on. He, he wouldn't have addressed them. You know, otherwise he was just gonna be another pompous prime. You know, why bother? There's just gonna be a question. Um, and even though the question coming from anybody else uh, could have been construed as, as just debate. Um, but it wasn't. He's almost looking it was for somebody relief. Who, was, who was struggling. It's like he's looking for relief from the Buddha mm -hmm. to relieve him from these rituals that weren't working. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and to hear to hear you know and he heard what what was being said about um, about defilements because because all that 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 ritual of of, of cleansing is about is about defilements mm. and the Buddha redefines defilements and and gives a cure so you know light bulbs went off but you know he wouldn't have taken the walk over to an Anathmadika's monastery if there wasn't already some deep doubt going on in, the, in his mind yeah I, I find it just a, um, you know <laughs> the picture that's that just jumped in my mind of like what is this brown doing here and why, and, and why does the Buddha just even address him? He knew that was something going on. Kevin. I thank you, Ron, for that was beautifully presented and so clear. And uh, gosh, I don't know if I have anything to add to it. Mm -hmm. um, this, I guess it comes at a great time for me because of, again, I brought this up the past few sessions is in the turmoil in my life as I transition from work to retirement and moving. It just brings up, it stirs up so much you know, desire and living in the future again and not being present in the moment. And um, it's good to have these teachings to remind me yeah. to and it's also a, a, you know, again. Yeah, a time of yeah. breaking breaking habits, you know, um, work habits and, and, and living habits, uh, which, which you know are tied in with, with uh, beliefs. Yeah. Thank you for the teaching and, and just a great start to this retreat. Thank you so much. Ah, oh, we have Becky. Hi, Becky. great start to this retreat and <clears throat> I, I really like to listen to you read suttas or present suttas because it's like listening to a story I was so engrossed in what you were saying and in your like just setting the scene and telling the story of this teacher meeting this uh, kind of maybe a little bit hesitant student mm -hmm. who was looking for something and found it. Yes. It's just a great story. It's a great sutta and it's a great way to start the retreat. And thank you very much. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Yeah, the the, the Sutta Pitaka is is full of these um, of these stories, um, and I I like to uh, present them in this way because um, we we need to be reminded that these were people, you know, 
and including mm-hmm. including the Buddha. You know, he was a man. He he walked the earth. Um, he he interacted with people. You know, in a, in a fantastic mm-hmm. way. But you know, and and people come to him with um, with with doubts and fears and 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 stuff going on and and he addresses it and he keeps pointing him back and he keeps pointing him back to the path and he keeps pointing him back to the path and there's always um you know and he teaches he teaches continually and 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 you see the effectiveness of of his teachings and and it's um I hate to use the word hopeful, but it 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 makes you it makes you realize this is attainable. Mm-hmm. So, thank you. Thank you, Laura. Wrong. Thank you very much for teaching, and um, kind of like Becky was saying, I too love listening to you teach. Um, you have such a peaceful presence. And thank you also to John and the other Dhamma teachers for this midwinter retreat. Um, like Jen was saying, I, I too love this metaphor of the cloth, which seems by nature is pure, which I guess seems to imply that the mind is inherently pure. It just becomes impure and defiled, but it's possible for us to, you know, as the sutta kind of teaches us to abandon our defilements through the experience of the Four Noble Truths. So I guess investigating, observing, comprehending our stress and suffering and abandoning the, as John says often, the unskillful causes or the sources of our stress and suffering and our mental, you know, our mental unrest and just realizing that um, this is possible through the wisdom, virtue, and concentration as framed by the Eightfold Path. So thank you for also reminding us that um, this process is resolved in my mind. It's not through resolved through any extraneous solutions or rituals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you, Ron. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and we all come here with with our you know our leftover rituals and beliefs from from you know the past um, you know we, even even here we we uh, you know i I come from a Catholic background, and you know Jesus would wash away my sins um, and you know there's there's little little bits of that still floating around um, and this is why we this is why we clean the cloth um, of, of these strange little stains that we have still left over a coffee stain here. right yeah and it's not you know as John always says and you know it's not that we dismiss other religions or anything like that but it for the first time I, I realized that you know, this accountability and this resolution occurring in my mind is, I just feel so much more focused and concentrated um, versus when, like you were saying, I too, you know, participated in 
other rituals. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is for me at least much more effective. Thank you. Karen, good to see you again. Hello, everybody. Hi, Rob. Hi. It's so nice to see you all again. And thank you so much for the lead, Rob. It was was wonderful to hear that, Sutta. Um, I, too, really appreciate the comments going around the room, and I... Um, was thinking about uh, when you spoke about cleansing oneself in the river versus working with the defilements in your own mind. That's where the solution is, not outside of ourselves. And and that just really struck me because I think probably a good part of my life I sought external uh something outside of myself to sort of fix Mm -hmm. what's going Mm -hmm. on. Um, So it's, it's, uh, it helps to hear that again, Mm -hmm. that it's really up to us to just uh, wake up and see what's really going on and uh, follow the path that the Buddha gave us and uh, we'll be healed. One minute at a time. So thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. As one, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Saw a thing on Letterman once of a a singer who was was dying. um, uh, One of the the, uh, Washington crowd. um, uh, Four or five years ago. And he was at Letterman. And... um, and Letterman asked him, how's it going? And he said, well, actually, you know, you know, yeah, I'm dying, but I'm still enjoying life one sandwich at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Jeff? Oh, Ron, well done. Well taught, sir. Thank you. Um, hard to add to what we just heard, but I, uh, I I read and heard the uh, the process of bathing as jhana practice and finding the mm-hmm. concentration and calm mind mm-hmm. to build the skills that then would enable one to uh, take on the metaphorical die of the dhamma and. Uh, as the cloth was clean, then you have pure colors as a result. Um, and the defilements, of course, it, the, the abandonment of defilements, of course, are an ongoing process um, through the concentration developed in jhana. Yeah, there there's different ways to take that metaphor of the of the cloth and and the and the dye, uh, and and it it fits in different aspects of of the eightfold path. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it's interesting to see uh, the the Buddha use a, a metaphor like that and then realize, ah, but it fits there and it fits there. Um, it's uh, it, it's a it's a very good metaphor. Yes, it is. 
Thank you. Brian, how are you doing tonight? Good, Ron. How are you? Thanks I'm for this. Just peachy. Uh, I'm glad. Um, what What struck me was this this overwhelming human fascination with water hmm. absolving us of our individual responsibilities throughout antiquity right. and still today, and right? Still today. We're still doing and baptisms, you know. You got some guy blessing some water and you're good, right? And it's it's just pure conceit. It's pure onata. It's, it's just not dealing with your own issues, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. just absolution from individual responsibility yeah the salvation of some sort yeah right and the buddhist the buddhist pointing out how how hurtful that is or how painful that is right like the, the river's not going to do anything for you mm -hmm. right take care of yourself so i that's what i got out of this so yeah. i appreciate it. i agree great start great commentary from everybody i'm, I'm glad to be here this weekend thank you i'll see you tomorrow john thank you ron the um the problem with metaphors can be the uh, the compulsion to see too much in, make make too much of the metaphor. You mm -hmm. did a masterful job of not doing that and seeing mm -hmm. it just as it was presented in the right context. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a the Vatupama Sutta is really uh, the perfect sutta to start a mm -hmm. retreat on. Common. It, it should be noted that this is just a good example of what's lost when we dismiss what the Buddha actually taught. In other words, I spent mm -hmm. many, many years... I, I never heard the Vatupama Sutta till I found it, restored it, and taught it. Yeah. Uh, it, it never, ever taught in Mahayana Buddhism, but you'll never... It, suttas aren't taught. Right, so I mean, again, not a, not a putting down, and yeah. it's very, very rarely taught um, in, in any Theravadan lineage. I, I mean, I, this particular sutta, I tried to find it taught somewhere else using the Internet, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Huh. And think about that. Think about what is lost by dismissing something right. like this. It's just such an incredible sutta. And it, why is that, John? Uh, it's because even during the Buddhist time, there was a there was a, a, a strong desire to make it be something other than what it was. And uh, <clears throat> and just to say on the website, there's a couple of articles about Pali Cat and the modern Buddhism about why that the motivation behind doing that. Um, but this is a good example of why. If you wanted the Dhamma to be something different than what the Buddha taught, you couldn't teach this because this gets right to it. How could you? Uh, this is just saying all the rites and rituals. It, they, it, 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 we are metaphors for Sandarika, and the river is a metaphor for all the other things that we've tried to do to fix this broken self. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just, it, it just perfectly fits that way. Even the questioning that Ram, Ram picked up on uh, is really, that's the anguish that we have in our own minds for keeping the dues. And I'm not just talking about spiritual, religious, Buddhist practices. All the things we try to do, we grasp after. The new car, the new drink, the new relationship, the new golf club. All the things we think we need to be a better person are the river. And we're, we're Sandarika saying, what is it? Um, it? It's full of greed, aversion, and deluded thinking, but I cannot see it. And the Buddha takes all of that, all of that, that... That, that stained cloth of our own minds and puts the focus on three things that any human being can recognize within themselves, greed, aversion, and deluded thinking. And the first thing that Sandarika asked is, is, don't you do this? You know, don't, you, don't you purify yourself yes. in the river? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Buddha you're, identifies you're, himself as, no, I'm an awakened human being. I wouldn't yeah. do something that foolish. 
I mean, it's really what he's telling Sandarika, right between the eyes. And I'm doing it not because I want to be different or I'm better than you. I'm doing it because I understand. This is the path. This is what I do. This is what works. No apologies. You know, this is this is it. And it's because of these things. I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to jump in the river so it fixes something. I looked at my mind and I found that I was full of greed, aversion, and deluded thinking. And that is what was vexing me. That's what I addressed. Mm-hmm. And now my cloth is pure. It's just such a beautiful suit to it. To point us all towards, you know, remember, this is what we're doing this week. And we're deepening our understanding of what, what it means to have a calm and peaceful mind. And a characteristic, a defining characteristic of that is a mind that is not grasping after something else. <clears throat> and it's resting in its own purity. It's not, it hasn't attached itself to anything other than what's occurring. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Um, uh, nice to be here with everybody. Thanks mm-hmm. for uh, joining. And uh, really well presented, very clear. Thank you. Don't have anything else to add. Thank you. Just to keep going with the river, it, it takes then a group of people thinking that the river is going to solve their problems. Hmm. And that reinforces this idea that external can take care of it and not internal. Hmm. And that's part of the, really how the not-self is supported by, now you have a town of people doing it. Right. And it sounds good. And then you have anyone who's not doing it probably shunned. Yeah, just another heathen mm-hmm. so, or, or a lower, lower life form. And you can see that going on in today. And you know, for the Buddha then show that it's something that you take care of yourself and it's your responsibility. And that's where, that's where I see the calming because it is now in your control. Mm-hmm. It's not something I have to wait for it to happen externally. Right. You don't have to appease Thank anyone, you. and, and um, yeah, you don't have to don't have to um, ask anyone for this. It's it's all in your hands. Mm. Really great Sangha discussion here. Um, just echoing a lot of things that have already been said about how this path is about taking responsibility for our lives. And uh, I like how in the Sutta, the Buddha, he's, he sort of primes primes people for, for, for things and yep. you know he was saying how how he introduced the whole three jewels and and how he primed Sangarika to, to, to say, you know the Buddha here is wise. He he's he's calm. He's present. He's seeing you he's hearing you he, mm-hmm. this is you know you, you, you're safe here yeah you're you, safe you here. can take refuge here. you can take refuge here and 
Um, and we do that. Yeah. 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 And so that that was cool. That that really touched me. <laughs> the refuge master. Um, this is great kickoff. I'm really happy to be here with all of you. Um, a couple things occurred to me. Like, I think sometimes you, you can get caught up in thinking that the calm is the goal, and it and it is, but it's also the calm that allows the greed aversion to go away. And mm -hmm. going back to the poem, like a leaf on a breeze, you know, mm -hmm. like the the defilements are like rough and you know suffering in your mind and resistance right so there's like a aggression and a mm -hmm. I don't know violence there right but the calm makes room for the gentle release of the defilements like the leaf in the wind and that's sort of what I took away from it and I never ever thought about that before because I think you get a little caught up in thinking that the calm or when I'm all done I'm going to be calm <laughs> yeah like, I'm, okay I've arrived you know and but but the more you get into it you realize how often you're calm and you're still on the journey and so the other side of the calm is I think the good stuff you know the, the gentle breeze that allows the severing of the defilements Gently versus the aggression of what's going on in your head. You don't have to drown them in the bathtub. They'll yeah, that's that's very good. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it, it may not be an epiphany. It may not be. It'll be a gentle breeze that you didn't right. even notice, and then one day you go, oh, "Wow, I I let that go a couple of weeks." Right. Yeah. right. It's, it's not a hurricane that's blowing. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. Right. It's a gentle breeze, and that just feels really nice. So. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Very happy to be here. Jane. Good to Thank see you. I, I'm always at peace when I hear you speak. So, um, I appreciate when you said that you found the relief. You know, the relief you felt when, when you found out that there was an answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's you, you know, your own work. Right. Yeah, just, just like, you know, I, I, I identify with guys like Sandarika. Because I, I, you know, I roamed around for a long time with these these beliefs, and, and you know, and I changed them a few times, and they never quite worked. You know, they would, there was always tension, and, and things were rubbing. Is that how you felt it? Pardon? Is that what you felt? Yeah, yeah. It was um, something wasn't right. So just something wasn't right. I and and I was. Yeah, and you, and I was being told constantly, like this, this is it. You know, if you just love everybody, everything's going to be mm. fine. You know, you, you're mm. going to be okay. And and I wasn't. And you know, there was still conflict and 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 confusion and all that. And and then you walk into this crazy guy's meditation group, and you know. Even though I was fighting it at the time, even though I thought I tooth knew and nail, yeah, tooth and nail, I I I, I knew, but better. you stayed with it. But I but I stuck with it because, yeah. you know, despite the exterior, there was something there, and um, 
I did get Marion Webster to put Mom's picture on the tough nut to crack. <laughs> <laughs> but look at him now. Yep, cracked. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Dustin? Thank you, Ron. So, Dustin gets the prize for the best socks, by the way. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Almost always. Thank you. Can we ever see the whole collection? Eventually, yeah. Eventually. <laughs> At the end of the retreat. <laughs> so I guess what I'm getting from this is that the Dhamma is like tied with bleach. Right? Great. It just gets all the stains out. Okay. Tied to go. Buddha bleach. <laughs> no, I, I don't really have much to add. I'm just uh -huh. sitting with it. But yeah, I, I appreciate mm -hmm. it and I get the, the concept. You know, it's almost like the less is more or the, the middle road. You know, like, mm -hmm. like Mary was saying that letting things go is kind of like natural when you have that calm, peaceful mind. You know, it's not a thing that you have to wrestle like to the ground, like you were saying. Like, yeah just sort of comes with the peace. And, and like in, the, in the beginning, you know, the, the constant repetition is when the wise practitioner abandons this, then he knows. Right? That's what it is. And it's actually easy to be aware of things as they, you know, the yeah. wise restraint. Uh -huh. You would yeah. think that it would be hard to be like, in a place where you're about to respond to something and then be able to have an overview of your actions and mm -hmm. be able to like hold all of that in one awareness is pretty mind-blowing to me. Yeah, and that's jhana practice, that's yeah. yeah, that's exactly yeah. That yeah. muscle, I guess, is, yeah. is I've a good way to put it. I've always seen it as, as the ability to, uh, in, in action, to step back from the action. Uh, yeah. While you're about to speak, to step back in yourself and and almost watch yourself do this. That's a gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, that seems like the gift. Pretty soon, yeah. you know, you watch yourself doing some really stupid stuff, and, and but you you're watching yourself and doing it, it. and mm -hmm. and at, at that point, it stops. Yeah, it just stops. It no longer serves you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't eat Tide Pods anymore. <laughs> I can just use vinegar. Thank you. Um, I was just sitting here um, thinking about my first interaction with the Dhamma, which was in the, at the fall retreat, mm -hmm. which was, I think, October. Yeah. So from October to now, how the concepts you're talking about and I remember sitting here like trying to understand what was on those walls and stuff like that but how if, and I haven't even done a lot of study from the books I've literally just put it into practice in, in my experience mm. how much it just becomes a part of you and how there is no other way mm -hmm. moving this far forward there is no going back you see that it Which works. Feels so good. Yeah, you just see that it works. Yeah. Why would you do anything else? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's one from a little. That's a good example of someone with a little dust in their eyes. Mm -hmm. is, again, it's not yeah. meant for everyone. It's not. You know, it's just the way it is. And you saw it immediately. You know, this, even though you were confused. Yeah. The practical experience of it <laughs> made yeah. it real for you. Yeah. yeah, and you jumped into a a, a, a pretty dense piece of, of teaching. Uh, the, uh, four the, the four foundations. Uh, it's 
and sticking with it, uh, that's good. And it was interesting when you came to the retreat, she was maybe not understanding, but was very moved yeah. by the whole thing, which yeah. is like a, maybe like a truth kind of feeling, right? Like that. Yeah. She yeah, didn't I, understand it intellectually, but emotionally right. and I still get as you noticed I I still get I get moved yeah because and I don't even know why that is but you know um, it's a strength of the song hits me it just hits me like wow this is it's a truth this is really this is something you know it's uh, and it's the knowing. Yeah. Well, shouldn't as human beings, shouldn't we be moved by our own reality? That's yeah. what we're talking yeah. about. When, and I uh, see when Ron gets caught up in him and he gets verklempt. Yeah. As he says, <laughs> it's because he's coming right up against his own reality, but the reality yeah. of, again, from 2,600 years ago. Yeah. Right. This, these, these incredible words. A story passed. They still hit you between yeah. the eyes. A story passed on by tens of thousands of monks from one to the other. But stained in pure cloth, you know. You know obscure I, it's, it's, it's staggering. The, 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 uh, what, what went into it? The, the, the infinitesimal luck that we have <laughs> to have this here now. Those, those stories huh? of somebody who realized what was going on and he taught it. And even though, you know, whole, you know, 99% of the stuff is, is, is lost almost to the world, but it's still here. Oh, what's left is what was meaningful anyway. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. Thank you. Michael. Uh, nice job, uh, John. Thank you. I read the poem. We're starting to look. We're starting to look slightly alike. I'm tall. You'll never be as good looking as you. Truth be spoken. Gold star. Two. I'm gonna start giving back some. All right. Let me now. I'm totally. Uh, Dirtying up my cloth here. That's right. That's right. Again, Ron, very nice uh, job there. I think uh, I like the uh, the whole idea of the cloth, the, the metaphor. Not to get too lost in it, John, like you had said, because then it could be more about the cloth than about anything else, right? So, but uh, I kind of like look at it as, uh, you know, what is defiling? my cloth that makes it impure, you know? So I think it's the recognition of that which is creating this cloth to become impure. So, so then this to me is recognizing my own ignorance. Yeah. Recognizing it in the present moment, recognition, wise restraint, and skillful response from that point. And I always go back to um, when I think of words that um, kind of help me understand the Dhamma better. Uh, I come, come to the word stillness, when the mind is still. Mm-hmm. When the mind is still, uh, and it's not, obviously when it's still, it's not shifting, it's not moving from here, it's not moving from there, it's here in this moment. 
and in that moment, and I'll just, uh, as uh, Mary was, had, had, uh, had touched upon, was basically uh, you make, when, you, when you're going to, when you're concentrating on not allowing, you know, these things that exist in society, so to say, because there's so much going on in the world today, hey, you know, you can attach to anything you want out there in the world, you know? But this is a decision to recognize that uh, for, I don't know how this word goes, but that's the illusion. That's not who we are. We are here inside us. We are here mm -hmm. trying to develop our understanding of the Dhamma. And the Dhamma is our way of navigating through this, the world, whatever time frame this might be, whatever world we are in. So we become, again, uh, we become still, uh, which leads to a stainless, okay, because we're not, we're not attaching to any of our experiences. We're protecting ourselves from non-attachment, understanding the impermanence of all these things. And as John had said the other day, which was, a, I love the way you put this, John, that, uh, you know, going, you know, I'm referring to the three marks of existence when Impermanence is that which creates all our pain and suffering, but impermanence is also that which releases us and you know, ushers in liberation. So uh, that's the way uh, I kind of understand this. That's the, what I got out of this. Obviously, there's a lot more, but uh, that's it. Thank you for your teaching. It's really inspiring. Thank, thank you, Michael. And Julia, last one. Um, thank you, Mom, for your <coughs> teaching. And I, too, like Jane, look when you read very calm way of presenting. It's very beautiful. You, you can thank Harry Potter for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like oh, Lawrence Olivier. Harry Potter books, right? <laughs> um, there's one line that I have to repeat again. Um, it's just simple, but it says it all. If you wish to be a true, a true refuge for all beings, it is here that you should be. Yep. That's like the most important line of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it actually, as Matt said, it brings three jewels in, into it because you can see that. And he said, "Here, you right. know." So, and, and this, this expression, uh, "a refuge to all beings," that that's uh, uh, it. That struck me too when I was mm -hmm. reading it. I I didn't point it out when when I was reading it, but but earlier, I thought a refuge for all beings, and it it has to do with being utterly harmless. Exactly. So that anybody can take, you know, can can be, can be safe with you. Right, and think about the setting too. It, during the Buddha's time, there was very, very few people that were allowed to receive any type of teaching. But he taught everyone. Yes, yes. It was yeah. for all beings. And we were, and back, our, back yeah. then, you taught somebody in the lower classes, they were put to death, <clears throat> and you were put to death. And I, I, I was wondering as as I was mulling over the the, the sutta as I was driving around from job to job, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm envisioning this this Brahmin sitting there, you know, surrounded by lower caste yeah, people, you know, what you know, and 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 I I bet you the Buddha picked up on that, you know, those little glances like, Ooh, you know. Um, yeah. It's, uh... So I, I, I think that also another good, a, a good word for um, bathing would be immerse yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, 
immerse yourself in, in jhana so that you're, each time you, you dip in, you take with you peace of a well-concentrated mind. And it's more and more, kind of like the cloth, yeah. it gets more and more strength with the color that it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, mm. and yeah. um, also immerse yourself in the in the dharma, the, the knowledge, because it actually it helps to follow this path. Once your mind is well concentrated, you have that understanding of yeah. how to uh, maneuver yourself. You have right view, yeah. and, of and course, the dharma will take exactly. Yeah, yeah finally, it, will, it take and immerse yourself in the sangha, because that's where your refuge is and. That's where you'll find wise association. Mm -hmm. So it's just perfectly. That's the dying vat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Yes. Said, Julia. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, a few session. things before we sign off for tonight. Um, the the schedule is on the website. Uh, it's linked on the homepage in case you just want to know what's going on tomorrow. Um, nine o'clock. Matt Qigong tomorrow at nine o'clock here. Mm -hmm. um, Hey, obviously, uh, unless you're going to do that online, will you? I guess you could. I guess so. Well, I don't know. Nine o'clock Qigong here, and then we'll, our first session is 9.30, but the rest, of the, <laughs> the rest of the session uh, are, are all linked huh? online. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, I won't be here tomorrow during the day, but uh, I'll be back on Sunday. Uh, just remember that this, is, this weekend is your retreat. Um, stay focused on your right speech and the other... Uh, factors of the Eightfold Path. Uh, it, it's a, just a great start. Uh, I'm, uh, I don't even know the right word. I get a little beclimpsed myself to see what's 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 developed here and how incredibly focused we all are and what uh, skillful teachers we have. You know, and we're we're going to experience them all. Um, did we get to everyone on online? Did, was there a Dan on there that we might have missed? No, uh, okay. unless I have somebody. Lauren here. was on, but she went off. Lauren, yeah, Laura was here. Um, yeah. No Dan. I didn't didn't see one. Send us nope. a mini now. All right. Good. Oops, somewhere else. Ah. The Karaniya Metta Sutta. <clears throat> this is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways. Peaceful and calm and wise and skillful. Not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. May all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be. Whether they are weak or strong, emitting none. The great or the mighty, medium, short or small. The seen and the unseen those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart, 
should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding, by not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.